0: This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans,
1: hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of College Dame Day. The 2020 season has wrapped. We've crowned a national championship winner. And we wanted to get back together and kind of reflect on the season, go over some of the the bowl games, talk about what happened, and then wrap up with some questions from the fans. So um, kind of looking back at 2020, specifically the bowl games which one stood out to you guys? What was kind of the best game that you watched? Because I, I don't think it would be the championship.
0: No, definitely not. This isn't necessarily the best game, but I think my favorite moment from all of the bowl games was when um, Wisconsin dropped the trophy in their locker room and shattered it all over the floor. <laughs> yes. <It's> like, <laughs> way to go, Wisconsin. Represent. We're all so proud.
2: I'm pretty sure it was Grant Mertz that dropped it, it too. So It
0: was him. He was trying to
2: dance. I guess that's what happens when white boys dance with the trophy. Yeah. Also, not related to the actual playing, but poor Iowa. Only ranked team to get their bowl canceled. So, want, want. But uh, there's actually quite a bit of cancellations or games that didn't even get scheduled. Supposed to play around 42 games. Only 25 were, which is still better than none, I suppose. I didn't know how many we'd get in, but... Nice yeah. to see see a few of the bull games. Um, I thought the Clemson-Ohio State game was probably one of my favorite games to watch. It wasn't close near the end. I, I pretty much knew Ohio State had it, but it was a lot better game than Bama-Notre Dame and Bama-Ohio State, unfortunately. So,
0: Yeah, were you surprised by the Clemson-Ohio State game, or did you expect Ohio State to win?
2: I was surprised. I feel like they... They did what I said, though. I was like, if they can put it all together for one game, I think they're going to be pretty hard to beat. I just hadn't seen it yet. So the fact that they were able to do it, that didn't surprise me. But I mm-hmm. wasn't confident that they could, if that made sense. So, yeah, they they played lights out. I mean, Justin Fields looked really good, um, hitting a lot of the – I mean, they did what I said they had to do. Is Clemson's secondary is not good, and, mm-hmm. and he threw the deep ball accurately. So, yeah, that was
0: that was good to see. Yeah, I think, like you said, they put it together for one game. And, unfortunately, like, they couldn't do it twice in a row. So, (laughs) you know, they got them. Because they they had never played twice in a row. Right. No, I know. (laughs) They had, had, like, two weeks off between every single game. I mean, thank you, Big Ten, for setting them up for success. Yeah. But, anyway.
2: Amy, what was your favorite bowl
0: game?
1: Mm. I mean, I did like the Ohio State one just because, like, it shut Clemson up just with Dabble releasing his like coaches poll and being all cocky and everyone saying Ohio State shouldn't be there and like all that. It just was like a convincing win. Like I think if you'd have told people like the two scores of the playoff games, the wider margin people would have thought would have been the like Alabama Notre Dame game. But they didn't even beat Notre Dame by as much as what Ohio State beat Clemson. So I, I did enjoy that one a lot. Um, I watched, um, see, a lot of them didn't go my way. So <laughs> it's it's the ones that I like to watch are kind of slim pickings. Yeah. Um, what did
0: you guys think of the Oklahoma-Florida game? Well, once I knew all of, like, because Florida had, like, their four top
1: receivers out, including Pitts. Yeah. And- Four of like their defensive starters out too. I was like, mm. and see that's the thing that I don't like about this whole opting out because like it, it's like you're not really getting that team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just it's just like such a it's just sad because it's like if you think back in the day like just like the glory of like playing for your school and like getting a win and going out as a senior and it's like I just think it's kind of like cowardly to like I'm going to save myself for the draft and like I, I just don't like it I it's mm-hmm. it, it's gross to me
0: you know um, what would fix that though what expanding the playoff yes I believe you've said that a few times and
1: yeah. I I'm down I'm kind of
0: a it. fan but you know I yeah me,
1: but but it only like I, I, it, I mean it would keep those teams that are in the playoffs like those players in um but there's still like a I don't know. That's like, if you're outside of it, though, still, it's like, that's your team. That's your, I don't know. I just don't, yeah, don't like it. The same way I don't like players declaring for the draft early. Like, it's just, there's
2: something sad about professional football. I'm actually on the other side of it. Because for me, if I know that I'm going to be a first or second round draft pick, I have millions of dollars coming my way. And that might sound greedy, but if that's kind of how you thought you were going to provide for yourself, I mean, and you shouldn't. But if if you basically knew you had a job lined up for call after college that was going to get you multi-million dollars, to me, I wouldn't risk it on a worthless bowl game. So, yeah, maybe if you expand the playoffs, like, you, sure, I might want to play then. But then but why
1: just, even finish out the season, like, once Florida knew, you know, why even compete in, you know, the SEC championship? They weren't going to make it in, like... Or, you know, maybe that they thought they could with two losses if they beat Bama in it. But, like, a different team that's playing for a championship. Like, why not just quit early then? Like, that's just stupid to me. Like, it, you know, like, if your season isn't going well, then why not just, like, quit then? But, you know, but you had enough good stats, so why not quit then? I just don't like it.
2: I, I understand that. But I guess I, I would talk to who was at Ohio State. That the first, like, he was a guaranteed first-round draft pick on the line, got injured, and now he's probably not going to get drafted until fourth or fifth round. I guarantee if he went back to him and said, is it worth it to play in the game, he probably wouldn't say that it is. And I do understand there has to be a line. It, it, well, you then don't- you're
1: going against what Megan said because they were in the national championship, and Megan's saying if you get into the playoffs, then it's worth playing. But you're saying even that that's not worth playing now?
2: I would say it's a a player's choice. I'm not personally saying I wouldn't. I probably would just because of my competitive nature. But I do think it's up to the athlete that they should be able to choose if they want to or not, just because it's their body that they're putting on the line. Now, do they have to deal with the consequences of, like, that looks bad or you're selfish? Yeah, they do. But it should be their option. It shouldn't be something where it's like, well, you can't can't not opt out. I don't think that's fair for the NCAA to determine what athletes are going to do with their bodies especially when like that's their job down the road is playing national in the national football league. So yeah, I'm not agreeing with it. I wouldn't necessarily do it, but it has to be their decision.
0: Do you think that um, just some of the like issues that are kind of at stake right now with like paying players, like at the college level, do you guys think that will change any of that? I mean, if they had the potential to earn money as a college athlete,
2: I would think for, for maybe the lower round draft picks, it probably would. Because you're mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, do I make a couple bucks here or do I try to, you mm-hmm. know, it for the, wait for the NFL draft? But maybe not the first or second round pick. I don't know. Also, first or second round picks are going to get all those sponsorships.
0: So maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I just wondered. Anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that game did surprise me, though, even with the opt-outs. Because you know, everyone's talking about how bad Oklahoma was and how bad the Big Twelve was. And I just thought, okay, <laughs> like even without four players, like Florida did not look good. I mean, Trask had no one to throw to. And I think that goes back to what we've always said, your supporting cast really
2: mm-hmm.
0: makes it makes you or breaks you, you know? And so when you have like a team like Florida or Alabama, these quarterbacks who are who, they are accurate, um, but when you take those receivers away yeah they who can't was do
1: talking anything about Oklahoma being bad because they were like ranked
0: six, six right is that where they ended up at the end of the season I just yeah, know some people, people. I'm going
1: saying going into their boat like when the, yeah. the final playoff like the four spots they were like sitting at six weren't they
0: yeah
1: so I mean what Who was saying Oklahoma was so bad I just Big think, like, the there.
0: general like the general consensus among analysts and everything is that the Big 12 would get killed if they put a team into the playoff. Like, as the champion of the Big 12, Oklahoma wasn't even considered. Because I mean, it
2: they was- had two losses early in the season. I think
0: that's right. why they were out.
2: Yeah. I mean, they definitely picked up at the end, but they were not consistent throughout.
0: I just felt like most people were saying the Big 12 is what the ACC was revealed to be. Which right. they should not have had two teams in. Like, they did not win a single bowl game. Yeah. So, in contrast,
2: by the way, Big 12, 5-0
0: bowl games. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the Big 12 was a lot better than what people gave them credit for this See, season. Yeah, I didn't
1: think people were saying the Big 12 was that bad. I think they were just saying they all, like, self-mutilated like mutilated each other. And, like, <laughs> to, like they to all took each other out, basically. Okay. No. Um yeah, those exact words.
0: I do recall hearing some people mutilated uh, yeah, yes, like self mutilated.
1: Um, I don't think that's the word I was initially going for, but it came out, so I went with it. Um, I was gonna say something. <laughs> like Rex is looking at me and he's doing this weird thing with his throat. I don't know what's going on, and his skin
2: is falling off. He like sheds and then he eats his skin. It's really yes, gross.
0: told me
2: up. Um, um, bearded dragon by the way, everybody. <laughs> yes. Not a person. <laughs> Um,
1: what was I going
2: to say? Oh, I was going to say, though, that what helped the Big 12
1: out this year in their bowl games was not getting in. Um, Because last year, because Oklahoma got in and they were like the top of the conference, then everybody else was like matched up up above their like pay Mm -hmm. grade. And Mm -hmm. they all got killed. And so now because they didn't make the playoffs this year, I think that's why they did so like favorably. Mm -hmm. Their matchups were just a lot, a lot better
2: this year. Well, the Big 12 one that we were very excited and it was actually a very close game was Oklahoma State versus Miami. That was a that's kind of a nail biter a little bit there, but we were glad that they got the win. And then obviously the uh the Power 5 getting in was not helped out by Cincinnati
0: losing to Georgia. So, no. No. I thought that was a very good game and it could have easily gone the other way. But again,
1: that wasn't really Georgia that they were playing. I don't know. I'm just like... What do you mean it wasn't really Georgia?
0: They actually had a quarterback.
1: Yeah, like I know. That the
0: they they, had, they had, had a ton ever. of players opt out too. Not a ton. They had like one or two. No, I don't think so. Let me look it up. <laughs> Amy's the voice of dissent on this podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Someone has to be. That's good.
0: I mean, I, I think Georgia looked better in their bowl game than they have looked almost all season. Maybe not their last game or two, but, like, they are actually starting to move the ball on offense and score points, which is more than they've done in their first eight or nine games. I'm pretty sure, was it George Pickens that opted out at Georgia? Uh, there was I, four. Four of them opted out, Um, two
1: defenders and two starting offenses. So, yeah, there's four of them.
2: Okay.
0: I don't know, though. I just... I mean, Georgia is so deep, though. Like, really? Like, I don't know. I feel like the bigger issue for them was finding the right quarterback. And now that they have, I think they will be a lot better next year, assuming he doesn't, you know, leave. (laughs) Which you never know.
1: There's one, two, three, four, five,
2: six. There's eight of them. A cornerback, a safety, a cornerback, linebacker, center. Were those all starters? Or those just the positions that were out?
1: Yes, and they were all, like, juniors and seniors
2: and so they were
1: like talking about like the freshmen getting to come in like the freshmen and sophomores getting to come in and play because like just like just dbs four of those were out and then i don't know i'm I'm reading about it right now but anyway there because i remember them talking about for the game and i just remember being like so even if like since he wins did they really Mm -hmm. beat georgia like i don't know i just it just really bothers me because it's like You, like, never would have, like, back in the day, I feel like it wasn't like this. I don't know. Like, I just feel like your team was, like, you know, your brothers. And, like, the thing that really didn't sit right with me was um, Kyle Pitts. Like, him, like, sitting on his couch doing that shout-out to his team before the game. Like, (laughs) if you're going to opt out, just, like, be quiet and watch them but like that like shout out he did while he's just like lounging in like PJs on. I I don't know it just
0: really rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. Just go silently into the night. Don't. Yes, I don't yeah. admire that okay. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean I get it cuz like we want to see matchups of the actual teams. We don't want to see like the scrubs and you know right. like freshmen playing their first game. So Exactly. It's like understandable. Yeah. Yep.
2: Well, I don't think we were too surprised that Alabama was able to come away with a national championship. I mean, they had Najee Harris, they had the Heisman winner, uh, Devontae Smith, and then they had Mac Jones, who was also a candidate for the Heisman. So overloaded with talent there, Um, not too exciting.
0: Do you guys think that having the same teams every year is kind of ruining it? Yes, that's why I want to expand. Not that, like, I know that Alabama is going to be dominant as long as Nick Saban is there. I get that. But even if we just got to see, like, different teams in the playoff. Like, even if the same, you know, three were always there. Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. At least there's, you know, you expand it to eight. There's five more teams that you would get to see. And there would be upsets. So well, look, it's
1: like the the NCAA tournament for basketball. Like, right. if you just had eight teams, like, there wouldn't be, like... There's Mm -hmm. upsets all the time because there's so many teams in like the more teams you let in, the more chance of an upset. And when you have to play more games to get to the championship, like the only thing like because I'm totally in agreement with going to like eight teams, but some people are talking like 16. And I'm like, here's the thing. You have to have your season count for something, though, too, because if they're just letting everybody in, right, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, there is a fine line, but I still think at the end of the season, it's going to count like the season's going to count because you look at Oklahoma, who's lost two games and they're not getting in, you know, to the four team playoff, it's- like you're going to have a lot of teams that are kind of on that bubble. And I think that's going to make the earlier games of the season really count Um, because like, we're not going to 64, like we're going to, you know, eight or, you know, maybe a 16 at the most, you know, I don't know that it will ever happen.
1: Another change that needs to happen is the playoff committee needs to
0: go. What would you do <laughs> instead? <laughs> just <laughs>
1: it's so a democracy. <laughs> Honestly, I thought the BCS was a better system. Not even kidding. When you leave it up to computers to do like the math and stuff, um, is it perfect? No. But if you're not good enough to get into like that, like eight or sixteen, you know, by the by the computers' like strength of schedule margins, then then you don't just des- like you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. because at that point, they have to get. The top, like most of the top teams, right? If they got a couple bubble ones wrong, you should have played better. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I just like I think the playoff committee sucks. I don't think Notre Dame should have gotten in. You can't yeah. you can't like be like Ian book. Oh, we just had a bad night. Like, well, yeah, Oklahoma had two bad nights, and that's why they weren't in it. So like mm-hmm. you you can't have bad days and expect to get in. Like I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well. I don't think we'll see any major changes in the form of the four teams, but we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed for maybe an expanded playoff. Um, it does look like the national championship drew a much smaller audience and has continued to fall. Um, but again, they also said viewership as a whole was down during COVID, which shocks me because I'm like, wouldn't it be up if people had nothing else to do but be at home and watch? But anyways, they said overall sports were, were trending down for viewership. All righty. Well, let's transition and kind of wrap up our second season with just some questions from the fans. So um, I'll go through kind of a list we have here and we'll do it a little bit of rapid fire, but we'll give everyone a chance to kind of put their two cents in. The first one that we got, um, someone wants to know. OK, here we go. Um, if there's an outside shot that Jacksonville Jaguars can get Devontae Smith and Trevor Lawrence. And then also, can Urban win a Super Bowl with them, or will he be a disaster as a coach? So let's go with the first one. What do you guys think? Devontae Smith to Jacksonville or no?
1: That's where Ozigbo is. Or no, he's not. No, yeah, he is. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> thought, uh, here's, the thought. here's the thing about that question. I don't care. Um, yeah. first of all. But second That's of all, um, no, I don't think that they would get him. Also, I don't think Urban is going to be very good as a coach. Sorry. I think it's completely different. Can you transcend both, like, Pete or somebody? I think he's just, like, a dirty cheater. So, I think that's why he had success in both. I think most of the time. Pete Carroll. What did I say? You said just called him Pete. So, I just wanted to make sure we were talking about the same person. <laughs> oh, I thought I said Pete Carroll. Um, anyway, yeah. Pete Carroll. I don't think that you you do, I don't think it translates to the fact that you're good in the NFL. I just don't. Yeah. So no, I don't think he's going to be good. Sorry.
0: Okay. I am going to echo a lot of your perspective here. Um, I, number one, don't really care because I don't watch the NFL. Number two, I also do not see Urban Meyer doing super well in the NFL because of the same reasons that you're talking about. Like, I think in college, it really helps to be, controlling and have your like hands in everything and just be like incredibly uptight I feel like that's an asset in college football I I think Nick Saban is like that and we saw what happened when Saban went to the NFL like he did not do well I think for most coaches they're cut out for one or the other and I know that sometimes they do have success at both levels but overall I just don't see Urban like handling it very well when he's not like it's different when it's a group of kids, you know, it's, that's a different way of like controlling the, the team than you can do with like a bunch of adults. And I just, plus like I the don't, egos in the NFL. yeah, that's like... what I mean. Like you have to be able to like really sway people like with your charisma and like let the little things go. And like, you know, I just don't see Urban being able to do that. Like, I think he's going to probably have a stroke. I'm not envisioning like a super successful career for him. Um, also, I don't know what to think about Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. Like, it'll be interesting because I I feel like the same thing is true for quarterbacks as it's true for coaches. You know, like sometimes it's like they get to the NFL and they're like, blossom. And then other times, you know, they have these great college careers and it's just not the same. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. But
1: here's the thing. I can see Trevor Lawrence being successful in the NFL though because of his like size and like the way he plays um like yeah like a Tim Tebow like but he wasn't nearly as good of a passer as Trevor Lawrence was but I think the key is like where you end up and the coach you get and like the confidence Mm -hmm. that's placed in you like if you go to like a dumpster fire I honestly think you do better there because it's Mm -hmm. like you're like, I'm running, you know, like you, you're not like threatened really by like losing your starting spot or anything like that. And your confidence, like confidence is such, just a huge thing in that transition, I think. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence wouldn't be successful. I'm just musing aloud. Like I'm wondering, but I I think you're right. Like he, his size is an asset. And also he, I think has a really good work ethic. He seems to. So I do think he could be very successful. I wasn't trying to say that he wouldn't be um, so I guess the real question is, is there like chemistry there between Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence? I don't know. We okay, shall well, see. Okay. Well, what do you think, Laura? <laughs> yes. Let me interject. The person who yeah. actually watches NFL.
2: I know you guys like did not take a breath. So I'll just sit back <laughs> waiting. I am um, going to be a little bit on the opposite side here. I think Urban Meyer will be decent to good. I don't think he'll be great. Um, I think he'll do fine. I don't think he would have set himself up for a situation that he wasn't confident he'd be pretty successful going into. Keep in mind, Jacksonville only won one game this last mm-hmm. year. So he's got a pretty low tier to go into. Um, so Jacksonville's actually in my team's um, division. They're in the Colts division, so the division's not super tough either. Um, so there's possibility there. Um, I think I think he'll do okay. I don't think he'll have a lot of pressure on him right away either, which will be nice. Uh-huh. And I actually think Trevor Lawrence's skills will translate well. He actually kind of reminds me of an Andrew Luck where he can scramble. He's a little bit bigger bodied, but he does have the accuracy of the of the pass. So I, I think he'll do fine. I think Urban Meyer set himself up well. He'll probably put a good team around him. So we'll see. Um, as far as Devontae Smith, Jacksonville has the number one pick and the number 25 pick. It is possible, but I would be shocked if Smith holds out that long. So I I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think there's a chance in Hades. Two things that I want to add. Um, No disrespect
1: intended, but I think Trevor Lawrence is, um, like, comparing him to Andrew Luck is a little bit of, like, an insult to him. (laughs) But um, anyway... Um, An insult I mean, to who? To Trevor Lawrence? To Trevor Lawrence, yes. Okay. But okay. I know Laura loves him, so I'm not going to go into that too deeply. But I'm um, just going to say it and then, you know, scurry out. Move
0: on uh, by. <laughs> yes.
1: But also, I could see Urban Meyer dying from this position because he had heart failure at Florida. He had headaches at Ohio State. Like, I could just be like the NFL just, like, doing him in. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Okay. So, well, funny. so I funny. know. cool. Not laugh too much here. Um, a little <laughs> compassion. Okay. Well, let's keep this moving here. Let's make it a little bit quicker. The next question that came in was Does Scott make any coaching changes? And if so, which one, then what timeline? Um, well, I already know a few coaches have left. So I'm going to say yes. i <laughs> um, been asked to
1: hit the door. Right.
2: I, I was saying it politely. Um, what do you guys think? I think he is making changes. Um, I don't know if it's just like from
1: like him being in the hot seat or whatever for the reason that he's finally like, you know, letting people go and stuff. But um, I'm wondering if he's focusing on like a culture thing and that makes me happy from what I'm seeing so far. Um, So
2: yeah, I think
0: we will see some more. Okay. Just for the record, who has left?
2: Yeah. So it sounds like as far as coaches, um, No one specifically yet has been named. Um, We did lose Rutledge, who is a special teams analyst. So he wasn't actually a quote-unquote coach, but it was someone. And I think if anyone were to go, it would be someone related to special teams (laughs) with how
0: terrible we were. Um, So I guess we'll... This year, our special teams looked better than last year. I'm more worried about our offense. Honestly, the offensive coordinator, I have concerns. (laughs) So... And the quarterbacks coach, you know, those are the two areas where I'm like, maybe we could use some help there. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I would like to see some changes. It's hard for me because, again, I obviously have not played football. So knowing the ins and outs is a little bit tricky for me. But there does need to be, like you said, Megan, specifically something in the realm of the the quarterback.
0: Um yeah.
2: I like him. I like uh, Verduzco, but... I feel like our quarterbacks have gotten worse. So I guess I would like to see some changes. Next question here. Where do you think Nebraska's 2021 schedule will rank in terms of strength nationally? So we've got a few games I'm looking at Oklahoma, Ohio Mm -hmm. state. I feel like we
1: play Ohio
0: state every single year. We do. We do. Um, Here's the thing though. Northwestern, they were ranked 14th at the end of the season. So, we better get credit for that game. I mean, you know, Wisconsin who knows what they'll how, you know, good they'll be next year. Um, but yeah, even Buffalo, I think that they were not bad this year. No. So, that could be I'm like getting nervous about that game now. You're like, Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Why do we schedule that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it'll probably about where it usually is i don't know where our strength of schedule ends up most most years but i would say you know it'll probably be similar oklahoma does increase the difficulty i think
2: all right um speaking of which we did have a fan want to know if we'll be traveling to norman for the game um yes i think we should i agree i agree We'll bring, bring baby girl with, and we will go.
0: All right. There you go.
2: Um, all righty. Who, all right, here, this is a good one. Who do you guys think is going to get the Tennessee coaching job, and do you think they'll consider Gus on?
1: I think they would be lucky to get Gus
0: Malzahn. <laughs> okay. Here's here's what I think, and this is a little out there, so you guys are just going to have to stick with me. I think it might be Hugh Freeze. Because he is in discussion. Okay, I remember
1: in saying in the season, I think a big, like, power
0: five team is going to be hiring Hugh Freeze. Yes. Well, here's, I, I think so, too. And you might be surprised to hear Tennessee because I don't think of it as a lucrative job opportunity, personally, especially Are where they're at right the now. CC. Well, it's kind of like Florida State right now. Like, who would want to go there? You know what I mean? Like, I think... But when you've never coached at a Power Five and you get to go straight into the SEC and be, like, Hugh a Freeze, head coach... Hugh Freeze you know what was I mean? at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze was at Ole Miss. So he coached... As a head in, coach? Yes. Oh. Yes. Did he get fired? Yes. For inappropriate bad. activities. Yeah, he was He was fired. There were a lot of sanctions. And, um, yeah. So it's for Tennessee Valley. Right. So Tennessee would definitely go for it. I just was surprised that he would consider Tennessee, but I was listening to something like a couple of months ago and I guess he's from Tennessee or he has some kind of ties to the area. And he totally like was on his honeymoon in Knoxville and he like took his wife like up to this Wait, mountain, up to this mountain and they're like overlooking the University of Tennessee. And he was like, that is my dream job. And when I heard it, I was like, are you kidding me? But apparently it really happened. And he, like, would love to end up in that area. I'm kind here's of. to me,
1: I think Tennessee is a step above Ole Miss. Like, just,
0: I, I guess, mean, tradition, be, like, history maybe. and
1: tradition. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like, yeah. I mean, but Florida State is, too. And I would never want to go there just because mm-hmm. of the mess. Here's Met. the thing, though. Tennessee and Florida, like. I don't know. I guess like living
1: down south and playing all the schools that we played, um, for like soccer and basketball, Tennessee was hands down my favorite state to drive through. The Smoky Mountains, like
0: I don't know. It's okay. like it's way different than Florida. I would well, here's I, I agree. Like I do like the state of Tennessee, like from a landscape perspective. Right. Right. I would never want to live in Knoxville. Like that would be the Maybe Chattanooga would be the last city. But, like, Knoxville and Chattanooga are just not great cities, in my opinion. Yeah, but but whatever.
1: Florida, can you think about how big my hair would be if I lived in Florida?
0: It like,
2: not also in Tennessee, that's everyone. a thing. <laughs> no,
1: Tennessee doesn't have near the humidity. Florida does.
2: I just meant the big hair. You could be, go to Dolly Parton world. Oh,
0: Dollywood, Dollywood. Dollywood. Dollywood, yeah. yeah. All righty.
2: Well, okay, so so anyway, you that's, that's my...
0: That's my prediction is Hugh Freeze. I'm going to okay. stand by okay.
2: that one. you
1: okay. guys remember when I kept saying Jeremy Pruitt was going to get fired last year? I was just one season off.
0: Yeah. And then after you said that, Phil Fulmer gave him an extension, like, at the end of last year after their bowl game. So. Yeah. But that, obviously there was something going
1: on because he's sneaking out of there, too. So,
0: yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure from, like, the trustees and, you know, all the boosters and everything because he did that. yeah Yeah. like I think that they're upset that he gave him an extension when he really didn't have a super great season he just won at the end he won like six or seven in a row and I think Fulmer just jumped the gun a little bit and gave him that extension and then you know now he's regretting it but anyway it sounds like Tennessee is just gonna cut that whole department out so (laughs) they'll just start over yes
2: uh, so yeah so Hugh Freeze is definitely in the mix um, Tom Herman, Kevin Steele all, all considered there um, here's a fun one from uh, uh, Rachel pick <laughs> like one team to describe as a Disney movie and why I'm going to pick first I'm going to say Cinderella because Nebraska is going to be a Cinderella story or I just hope that it's kind of like how she's locked in the tower at the like last hour you think all hope is gone and then the fairy godmother comes through. I don't know who our fairy godmother is going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting on it. But then she makes the ball. We make the ball game. Mm-hmm. Happily ever after. Our two ugly stepsisters, Iowa and Wisconsin. Wisconsin. They get thrown out.
0: Yes. So.
1: Okay. Well, here's the so deal. Is this for I, next year?
0: Yeah, I thought it was for this year, but I was actually going with the same story. Only in my story, Nebraska Cinderella. And the wicked stepmother is Kevin Warren. So ah, yes. <laughs> anyway, we were definitely thinking along the same line. You, you lines, could so. do Ariel because
2: she's got the red hair and then Ursula could be Kevin Warren. Mm, okay.
1: And he but, steals our voice. He steals our voice. Ooh yeah. Right.
2: She yeah. just wants uh, human legs. She just wants to play college football and Ursula tricks And
1: her. it was, it was Ariel's fault because she made that deal with Ursula Mm -hmm. And we moved to the Big Ten, and we never show left the Big 12.
0: Yes. So, in this story, who are Flotsam and Jetsam, the eels? I'm thinking Barry Alvarez is one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But I'm not sure who the other one would be. Probably Kirk, just because
1: he's
2: annoying. Okay. Desmond.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Desmond.
2: Okay, (laughs) so who is Flounder? Well... Ohio State's not a great reference, but they were kind of no. our friends in getting it started. So I was thinking maybe them. Okay, so
1: they can be Sebastian then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: yes. But they're little
1: claws. But I think Flounder.
0: Hmm. Maybe like Purdue. Really? I don't feel like they're, like, integral to the story at all. Well, I just, we beat them, so. Oh. Okay. State? <laughs> yeah, I was State, gonna say State Flounder. Okay.
2: All right. I like it, Amy. I collaborated on that one. So. Yeah, I All think right.
0: that was a team effort. That was okay. good. I All think right,
2: that's good. fair. That's fair. Um, someone also wants to know, I hope they wrote this in for me, but it says, what has been your favorite joke on the podcast? I'm just going to say that's what she said, and that should answer it. Yes. There's no uh, other right answer.
1: I don't think so. I've had a lot of classic jokes that people have really enjoyed. So okay. well, what was your favorite, Amy? Um... Probably the knock knock joke about Jim Harbaugh wanting his khaki pants
2: back. <laughs> yes, and speaking of back, he will be back, which is shocking that he got a coaching extension. So, uh, I'm gonna skip um, here and come back to some. Um, one of our listeners wants to know. So this should be from a big picture standpoint of how did we get into podcasting?
1: It was Megan's idea. I think it was a Megan, like a
0: joint you pitched effort it to us, and we agreed. Mm-hmm but you were like the driving force Megan. okay it was me it was me guys um i about it Megan. yeah what what led me to pitch that idea though because i don't think i just came up with it on my own
2: you completely did i think we were talking about how we needed like a tv broadcast from a woman's perspective um as like a joke for like when we were taking almost the opposite direction for when you know, girlfriends or wives are like forced to watch it. And the commentators would talk about like how cute they were, like their outfits and stuff. And they were like, actually, no, that's a little sexist. Women probably want to know just as much about sports as men. So we're like, we should do a podcast where we talk about Huskers and we, we do wrap up and things like that. So it kind of evolved, but Megan's been kind of the person that's led the charge. She's the one that edits all of our podcasts and puts them out. So,
0: yeah, I think we've always like had strong opinions I'm sorry. Just one second. I'm being interrupted. You want some gumdrops? Okay. (laughs) Have just a few gumdrops. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Lucy Goose. All right. Why don't you take them upstairs? Take that whole bowl. (laughs) You can eat all of them. Have them all. (laughs) Just go and leave. All right. So, uh, yeah, no, I think we've always had strong opinions about lots of things, but especially football. And just growing up in Nebraska, I think we've, always enjoyed watching college football and we always enjoyed debating college football and we just thought it would be fun to like have a platform to be able to do that. It's yep. not a super great story, but that's, that's how it started.
2: Mm-hmm. That is,
0: that is the truth. Um, alrighty. Who,
2: let's see here. I'm trying to pick some of the last ones. Oh, all right. Who do you think will be our starting quarterback next year? Adrian. I think it'll be Adrian. Okay. I heard some very small, small, so not a lot of merit behind them rumors. The McCaffrey's that McCaffrey's leaving. Luke might transfer, but yeah. again, they haven't garnered a lot of discussion, so I'm hoping they're just little, little yeah. white light lies, lies being spread. Yeah. I've heard that too. Uh, and what? <laughs> ooh, this, this is like an almost way too early question. This comes to us from a Cade. Um, what do we think Nebraska's record is going to be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. 12 and 0. I'm going to go six and six. I'm going to say we turn it around at least make a bowl game.
0: I'm going to say eight and four, somewhere between Amy's 12 and 0 and Laura's six. I was
2: I was kidding, but I think this is the
1: year we really turn the corner. I really honestly think it's. I'm going to say nine and three.
2: Alrighty, Amy, what questions do you have? Who is your favorite current
1: DB and in all of history of Nebraska? current we gotta say cam taylor Britt. i just like how clean he plays um it's like one thing if you just like don't get called like you know for contact but like it's completely another when you don't even touch the defender and you like you know knock the ball down or whatever i just love how he plays but for history i'm gonna have to go with ralph brown um i just i don't know i loved watching him play so
2: well, a little unfair that you took Cam Taylor-Britt because I think that would be all of ours. I know <laughs> yes, that's what we're all getting ready to say. So um, thanks for that. That's fine. Um, as far we've had, we've had. I liked Michael Booker. I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked he, him too. He was he was pretty darn good. I'll pick him.
0: Okay, I cannot for the life of me. I, I wish that I'd had this you question. Could take Mike Mentor. I liked him. Okay, well, that's not who I was going to say. Do you no. remember the twins from Tennessee who played in the early 2000s? The Bullocks? Yeah, I think Josh Bullock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pick them just because I remember that was my first, like, that's when I was not living in Nebraska, watching Nebraska football. Um, and I just remember them getting a lot of interceptions. And um, yeah, so I'll say Josh Bullocks. Okay. And if any of our fans don't know them, just Google those names. You're in for a treat.
1: Okay, we have um, Joel from Alliance, Nebraska, that wants to know how or when did you know that you really love football?
2: Um, when he first saw you. Frost in tight pants. <laughs> What'd you say? I said when he first saw Scott Frost in tight pants.
0: Mm. Um, mine was even before that. I was going to say, say, no, no, no. We love football way before yeah. that. So yeah, might've
1: cemented it, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just remember like, I mean, obviously it's sometimes like situations were a little tense, but I remember dad watching them when we were just like really little. And I just like, I remember like not really understanding like the game of football. And so I would just like pepper, like, I don't know. I was like super young. So I would just like pepper him with questions. Um, cause like, I wanted to understand, like, n- I don't know. I always liked numbers and I, and so like, they would be like first and 10 or like, you know, I like not understanding that. And, um, dad just like answering all my questions and like slowly learning the game, I guess. I don't know. Um, I was pretty little still though when I knew.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think right around the time Nebraska won their first national championship with under Tom Osborne, Um, I was 11, maybe 10 or 11. And I just remember that was definitely a defining moment of football in my life. Like, I just remember becoming a huge fan and like really being invested in the games, kind of like what you said, Amy, asking dad lots of questions, trying to understand, um, like just how the game worked. And I remember one year it was like, I don't remember. It's probably around the, the same time as when like early 90s when Nebraska was really good. Um but I remember asking dad like on New Year's Day like how many games are there and he was like "Megan, they're all day long." And I was just like, "What?" <laughs> it was like Christmas all over again. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just like watched game after game after game that year and I think I just, you know, started to really understand what was happening and just mm-hmm. got really invested in it. So yeah, definitely, you know, around 10 or 11, I would say is probably the age that I started to really understand the game, which is funny because I think for my own kids, like I'm watching that happen too, like, cause Rachel really likes football and Elizabeth is just starting to like really get into it and kind of figure out how the game works and like what's going on and everything. And she's like right at that age too. So I think that that just might be something about that age. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think for me, it started even earlier. And what makes me kind of sad is it was so easy to buy into because right when I was like four and five, we were starting to win our first championships. And I definitely don't remember them. I remember now watching them back as highlights, but just growing up in the era of like Nebraska being really good and our volleyball team was really good. And again, we're in Nebraska, so there's not a lot to do. Sports kind of were what they were. And we all played sports, you know, since we were very little. So we always had that competitive edge um it just kind of makes me sad for my kids because I'm like oh I hope Nebraska's good because I'm like I don't know if they're gonna want to like be as into it if you know we aren't winning anything but I just remember from a very early age it used to I'm be like look at hey, my yeah. kids well You'll be yeah I just, we just didn't watch a ton of tv and so I remember Saturday mornings we would get up and like do all of our chores and I tried to super quickly so that we could sit down and like Mom would make fun, like, snacks and stuff. And then we would watch, like, football all day. And, like, Saturday was the best. So I remember it from a very, very early age. And I think that has to do with the fact that Nebraska was successful, right, when I was kind of, you know, starting to understand it a little bit.
1: I think, too, like, growing up, like, in a state like Nebraska, like, just full of, I don't know if it's, like, the agricultural impact or, like, just small towns. But it's, like, sports are just what you Kind of like rely on, like, I mean, that's uh-huh. the small town like entertainment on Friday night. That's just like what you live for. And um, so I think that, yeah, I don't know when you grow up with it like that, it gets uh-huh. in at an earlier age. All right, I have one question left. Um, each of us has to say, um, what is, hold on, let me read it this question from the inbox. Um, what is each of your favorite family football traditions or memory? of the past
0: okay well winning championships yeah yes. I
2: winning <laughs> yeah. that is my favorite memory <laughs> um i i
1: like how you were talking about like um mom making like seven layer dip mm-hmm. um and like sometimes she would like arrange the tomatoes as like the end um that's like a fun and that's like when she still does like when we go home on new year's and stuff um and, like watch bowl games Um, I don't know. That's like, that's one for me. I really like
2: that. Food. Yeah, food. Okay. I have to pick two because one does not involve my hubby. So I got to make sure he's included. Um, I really love, and at the time I did not love it actually, the two I'm going to pick involve like some of the coldest weather games that I attended in person. Um, so the first one was, I thought it was super fun how we all rolled into West Lafayette for Purdue. Um, especially since like we were losing the whole game and like all of us were like, okay, we've lost the game. And only Caden was like, we can do it guys. We we're like, mm-hmm, sure. But then we ended up having that like crazy game winning drive. And like, mm-hmm. it was just so fun because like almost all of us were there and um, just getting to go to like a visiting team stadium and come out with a W I thought was really cool. Um, and then the other one would obviously be <laughs> before COVID um, I got to go to at least a few games a year with, with the hubby but he surprised me for my birthday one year along with amy um and we went to the illinois game um and it was also freezing cold but we ended up winning so that was good for my birthday um but probably i will pick the number one most memorable game for me occurred on my wedding day because i almost had to cancel if we lost to south alabama thankfully we did not so the wedding went forward but overall those are those are some of my memories
0: Okay, well, that was a lot of memories there, Laura. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I would just like to throw out as a disclaimer, I was a part of most of those memories. So those are all also good memories for me. Um, probably the one that stands out the most to me, though, is the um, the second national championship that we won in 95 um, when we played Florida. And I remember we, w- we were up by like, I don't know, Nebraska was probably up by 20 some points. And dad was just like, no, no, it's, we're not, we're not in the clear. Like, you know, those Florida teams, they come back just like that. <laughs> like that. He was so pessimistic the whole time. Like mom made, made him leave the back then. And we were watching for a while. Cause he was just like convinced that we were going to somehow throw it away, even though, you know, we were like completely destroying them. So anyway, I just remember that, um, it's such a satisfying game. And
2: mm-hmm. I think
0: all of us just long to get back to those days. So, yep. yeah. um, So I said a tradition
1: and that's like the seven layer dip. I also have one other tradition and a memory. Um, I I think that anyone that's not been to like an actual game has to go because there's like nothing like our tunnel walk that I've ever experienced Mm -hmm. in any other sports things that I've ever gone to or attended. Um, just like the goosebumps you get when you hear the tunnel walk music just at the, you know, the home games and like the video screen and then the fireworks and everything. I don't know, just probably one of the coolest things in sports, I think. Um, but my memory is, um, I remember, um, like being super excited when we, um, played Tennessee, um, and it was like the 98 bowl game, but it was for the 97 season. And I remember they like did this like pregame like video and they like went over these like snowy, like cornfields when they were like talking about us and they were like, does Tom Osborne have like one more game in him? And like, they were like, I don't know. I just like, I remember everything about that game. And then after the game, like after we demolished Tennessee, like Scott Frost, like pleading our case, like for like the national championship and, um, and then like going to bed that night and we didn't know who had won. And I remember I like didn't get any sleep. And I like, I woke up when it was like still dark outside and I like ran down to the kitchen and dad was in the kitchen. And I remember like asking him, I was like, do we know yet? And he was like, we do know. And he was like, we got the coaches pull. So we got the, the national championship and like
0: freaking out. So
1: that's probably my favorite memory.
0: I'm shocked that your favorite memory includes Scott Frost.
2: I did not All see well, that coming. <laughs> Shocking. Away. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this special edition of College Dame Day. We're definitely looking forward to the football season coming up again in the fall. Hopefully everything's returned to normal. We can have fans in the stands. Um, and we'll look forward to talking to you guys then. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football
0: content.